This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in my home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. What do you think I'm going to ask you? How are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Last week we discussed that you were surprised every time I said, how are you? Which I understand. It's just a question that takes one off their guard these days and mm-hmm. uh, all days for me. So how are you? Well, I th- remembered this time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think of an answer? No, I didn't remember that far in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that's going to be the question. But yeah, answers. Yeah, what are they yeah. about? How are you feeling? How about that? I changed it from how are you to how are you feeling? Oh, well, I mean, it's still a complicated answer. (laughs) Um, Life is complicated right now. Life is full of nuance. So I should be happy because I love nuance. Yeah. Um, And some things are good. Some things are not as good. I started my day with yoga today. So that is making my individual personal day a better day. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, a little bit of good, a little bit of not as good. It's it's a casserole. Yeah. (laughs) How are you? I am a casserole. <laughs> that is a good, honest answer. I'm a casserole. Hmm. There's some good things, and there's seven layers of stress for various things, but it's fine. We're going to talk about something fun. <laughs> but there are tater tots on top. Yeah. I mean, it's, this this whole episode, is a it's a nuanced casserole. Uh, last week, we had nuanced grenades. <laughs> yeah, this week, we, we have a nuanced casserole. Yeah. It, 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 this is mostly going to be a joyful thing. We're going to talk about uh, fun festive times, strange mm-hmm. festive times. The festive times <laughs> are coming up, but we obviously are in still in the middle of a pandemic. And right now, as we record, it's not going great. No. Uh, and that is affecting uh, holiday season discussion. Uh, so the reason that I wanted to do this is, you know, this is middle of November as we're recording this, about to release this, is there's always this kind of fun cultural debate about nothing uh, holiday Christmassy. Nothing winter holiday before Halloween or, you know, nothing before Thanksgiving. Then the day after Thanksgiving, everything is all in uh, on the the December holidays. And I remember feeling shocked myself because I love Halloween. Mm -hmm. I love spooky, scary time. And I always feel a little bit of like it's such a uh, even though there are ghost stories uh, associated with holidays, it's such a left turn to go from spooky, scary. Let's admit that there are monsters in the dark to everything's going to be OK, family. Like <laughs> it's always such a quick left turn. Uh, but then for me this year, as soon as uh, Halloween was over, obviously we had that election thing going on, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, you know what? I am suddenly in the mood for festive times. And I, that was just a thought I had. And then good old social media popped up and I saw all these tweets of F it, the tree's up, like <laughs> on November 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, right? Mm-hmm. Just right away. So that was part of the reason I just wanted to jump in is it feels like, obviously, there's some challenges. We're going to talk about those. But it feels like because we have all been through a hell of a year that people are like, I'm ready for the festive holiday times. Mm-hmm. No need to hold back. On yeah. that. How do you feel about that, about the no need to hold back? Yeah. So I, I mean, I hadn't, I did not have that that flip of the switch on November 1st or 2nd. Um, But you told me about seeing it on social media. And uh, I I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the the festive holiday times. Um, And I feel like, are you kidding? This year we need things to feel joyful. We need to find, I think it's, it's really a point where we, we all need to find what is, what are the positives 
And let's focus on those a little bit. Put more of those um, in a casserole. Yep, exactly. And so, yeah, that's where I'll start yeah. this podcast today. Yeah, you put things in a casserole or hot dish. Yes, for, yes, uh, I'm for sorry. our Minnesota listeners. I know who am I to have started with casserole? <laughs> I don't make casseroles. I make hot dishes. <laughs> Fair enough. Then that might come up as we discuss the food part of this. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm all I'm all on board with joy. I like joy. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, and I think we all need it. So uh, I always wrestle with exactly how to talk about what I mean by the festive holiday season, right? Because they, it can be Thanksgiving, it can be uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's, Winter Solstice. It can just be uh, this is when the Starbucks cups are even more colorful, uh, whatever it might be included for different individuals. Mm-hmm. For you, like, so I take a step back. Like I have I have some relationships, obviously, to some of these things, you know, um, I was uh, raised super Catholic light, so you know Christmas there is a part of that uh, for me, and Thanksgiving is its own thing. All that stuff. I have specific relationships with New Year's, but I tend to just look at it from the big general secular our Western American culture. This is the festive times where some people are probably going to give each other presents for reasons. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about defining that season for yourself? Of you know, maybe not like the laundry list for you of what's in it or what isn't, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But more just like this general big picture cultural baggage of it all. Um, what what does the secular cultural festive winter <laughs> season mean to you? <laughs> um, Wow. <laughs> it's not an easy question. No, it's know. not. I'm just, sorry. Just so you know. Um. I'm going to, you know, one of these weeks, mm-hmm. we can do obsessed with close-ended questions. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, no, there's, I mean, I think part of it for me is there's, I have, I have both so many thoughts and I also feel like I haven't really taken my time to think about the holiday festive times yet this year. So I feel like everything is still, I haven't taken it out of the box and off the shelf and dusted it off yet and put on my twinkle lights. Okay. But I'm going to put on my twinkle lights right now. Um, I feel like it, uh, for, so for me personally, um, one of the things that I have come to really enjoy about festive holiday times, um, especially as I've gotten older is, I, I think I've probably t- talked about this in, in some versions before, um, the idea of celebrating light within the darkness, mm-hmm. which I feel like it, if you're ever going to celebrate that, this is a year <laughs> to celebrate it, um, you know, obviously we have both lived in Minnesota and I, you know, have a lot of Nordic ancestry and kind of always had that as part of, it was just kind of around. Yeah. And then I think as an adult, when I was kind of like, okay, what are my adult traditions? What's important to me as an adult? That's one that's really always gravitated to me, especially, um, well, I was going to say, especially in Minnesota, it was dark, but you know what? It's dark here by five o'clock. It's dark. (laughs) And uh, so I feel like at this time of year where you have less and less light, Finding that light, whether literally or um, metaphorically, is to me an important part of the festive holiday season. Yeah. Also, many years ago now, I was at a um, a holiday talk, a festive holiday talk about. <laughs> um, I'm just imagining somebody going ho 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 ho. Here's my PowerPoint. Ho 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 ho. I mean, it was kind of no. So specifically about. Um, the holiday season 
at the department store Dayton's, mm. which Minnesota listeners um, who have lived in Minnesota for more than five years will remember Dayton's. Um, but Dayton's was the big department store in Minneapolis. You know, it was the Macy's of Minneapolis. Yeah. Later, you know, went through all the different mergers that lots of stores did. And um, there's no longer a store called Dayton's. But there's a building in downtown Minneapolis. um, That was the Dayton's building. And um, this lecture that I was at was about historic celebrations of Christmas. Okay. And um, in particular, the person giving the talk, what it just kind of like really jumped out to me at at the time. And uh, I'll say it out loud and see what I think about it right now. (laughs) because I haven't thought about it for years. But when they were trying to decide what should go in the window displays, like the street level displays that you'd see, um, I think like in the time that one of the Dayton family members was still running it, he always had a very stringent line. He's like, this is secular Christmas, which for him, that was a dividing line. So he's like, absolutely. We have Christmas trees. We have Santa. We have reindeers. um, But we don't do anything that seems religious. Right. Uh, you know, we have snowmen, we have skates and sleds and all of that. Um, and so that's kind of always been like, a, oh, that's it both makes a lot of sense. And it also isn't a dividing line that I feel like we see as often anymore. So I found that really interesting that like this was around like, I don't know, 1900 or so, give or take. Yeah. Uh, that that was such a like, nope, this is what we do is we're a store. So yeah. we celebrate secular Christmas. Yeah, that is fascinating to me, uh, that whole divide and the connection that we'll talk a little bit more because it's an honest thing of like. There is a connection between the capitalist power of America and the way that we see and experience the holidays. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's undeniably there, even if you are a very religious person, just by being alive <laughs> mm-hmm. in the 21st century and uh, even back in 1900. So that, that's fascinating to me. Um, yeah, but just to go back to your first point, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is something that we've uh, either come to together as a couple or uh, both experienced and then was like, aha, we, we view this the same. That light in the dark thing, just it, that is profound to me. And it, it I experienced it by doing so many different shows uh, around the holiday season, everything from, you know, comedy sketches like, you know. It is a rite of passage for a young sketch comedian to suddenly go, hey, wait, Christmas is Jesus's birthday. It's just a birthday party for Jesus. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you as you go through comedy, you mm-hmm. go through the jokes there. You know, people mm-hmm. come up with twists, but there are jokes. Uh, but then I also, you know, was involved with uh, a show at the History Theater in Minneapolis. that was really looking at the holidays from lots of different perspectives. I've written stories and uh different you know not kind of sketch comedy more i I wrote a whole uh holiday play you know uh uh produced the one that bill corbett wrote about superheroes and the holidays and all that really forced me to think about well what does it mean beyond like the we can make this joke about santa we can make this joke about yeah hey rudolph's story is messed up and all of those explorations really got down to me every time i think about what it means to me and what gives me joy is either literal or figurative light in the darkness and I know that that connects da- back in that deep mythic way to winter solstice and to Yule log and to we are literally hunking, hunkering down during the darkest part of the year. And in order to keep going, we must have this celebration to remind us why we're putting one foot in front of the other during the dark times. Mm-hmm. And then when I think about like even as a kid and you just you don't give it any thought, but you're like, I'm going to get a break from school and I'm going to get some presents <laughs> and that when you're when you're going through a slog in school and you're young and that's like a little a bright thing to look forward to 
Mm-hmm. And then I think when you get older, um, I know the holiday season has gotten really aggressive, you know, so it, it, it can be hard for adults to, to take it off at all. But it is one of the few times where our culture comes even close to putting the brakes on, mm-hmm. right? Where, where it isn't everybody go, 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 go. And I think there is something to that of like, you know, the greatest gift that an adult can really have is true peace of like, I know it does happen. I know people, you know, do work on the holidays, but as close as we get as a culture to truly these couple of days are off somewhere mm-hmm. in this section of the holidays, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that to me also feels like a that's a light in the darkness of a break. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, in thinking in terms of kind of historic holidays, I think, uh, you know, because you're married to me, but I I grew up very much um, dancing and singing. And so starting in September, I started having Nutcracker rehearsals um, every single week until December. And I was in choir and sang with the Madrigals and we put on, you know, uh, in high school and we would always, you know, go caroling at different centers and things. So it was always about like, there is such a rush and, you know, and I do want to say like the music um, has always been a big part of me of this time of year. Like that is yeah. a big thing, too. But then by the time um, that we hit Christmas, my shows were done. Yeah. You know, all the songs have been sung. The madrigals have been sung. <laughs> the dances have been danced. And, you know, and I could sit down on Christmas Day or, you know, and, you know, or, you know, whenever the last performance was like I could. I could sit down and I could eat cookies. <laughs> Not that I could it before that, but you know. Right. But there is a difference between the go, go, go. And I know for a lot of people, holidays are, they're about community and they are about family. But there's also about this just like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we did everything. We, you know, ate all the things. We opened all the things. And then that breath, that release. Yeah, yeah. And I know and I know not everybody gets that because a lot of people have, they're like, okay, we need to go here and we need to go there. And we need to go, you know, all these different places. And I feel like, that if I could have a, a holiday times wish for all people, it would be that they get to find a moment of peace for themselves within all of the hustle and bustle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then the other just like kind of obvious thing of just like Christmas lights, like I, when I try to run down, like, but aesthetically, I've always liked that. Why do I like that? Like it, there is just, it's, I think something like deep, like soul memory of a literal light in the darkness. Like, you know, one of my favorite things to do uh, around the holidays is once we have our, our little tree up that I bought like years ago for a comedy sketch that's been in a million comedy sketches and plays and our mangled, <laughs> beautiful, our mangled, beautiful, like I, you know, when I say mangled, I usually mean it as a positive thing, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, we just, we fluff out its, its faint limbs and we put those lights on and when you turn off the light and maybe have like a sip of whiskey and just look at the feel warm and cozy and see the that light glowing in the darkness man that's yeah. what it's about for me for festive holiday season mm-hmm. um so out of all of the things that we generally do mm-hmm. and our, our traditions have changed a lot over time what will you miss because we uh, can't and shouldn't do it during a pandemic oh um well one that we have not always done the last few years because we do not live in the same state as many of our extended family. But I, I do really like the like get together with a family and like the big meal with the family. Yeah. Um, and we've had traditions here that I really enjoy as well. But I think in terms of thinking 
not just like, oh, this is the first year, only year we haven't done it, but it is a thing of just knowing like, oh, it's not even a question of, oh, is this year we're going to go back or not? Is this year we're going to do that? It's just not a question of like, no, we can't. So that makes me miss it even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so certainly, certainly that. And, um, you know, some of the out in the world things, I think it'll be really interesting to see. You know, people certainly went all in on their Halloween decorations. So I'm wondering if people are going to go all in on their holiday light decorations. Oh, yeah. So it might be like amazing viewing times. Um, we have a something that we've done the last few years at Descanso Gardens here in Los Angeles where they do their evening um, festival of light, which they're not doing, yeah. um, you know, understandably. So, uh, yeah, just the fact that some of the traditions that are a little bit more communal can't happen. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, we, we have our traditions that we've uh, had as a couple. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, we've gone back to Minneapolis uh, and had some uh, good Christmases with, uh, with family that we obviously can't do. Um, and that is, you know, difficult. Uh, there's also just, um, I have had some fun when we first moved here of having so many years in Minnesota that are defined by snow. Either, either there isn't snow by Christmas and everybody wants it, or there was snow and already melted, or there's a, you know, (laughs) inescapable amount of snow or like the, the calculus of uh, festive holiday time and winter time is is so snow based mm-hmm. that I really loved when we uh, first moved here and went to the outdoor shopping mall <laughs> <laughs> and watched the theater marquee blast the fake snow into the air and just it, that was so funny to me especially the first year mm-hmm. after we moved here that uh, that experience of you know snow is usually not that consternating in Minnesota around. Christmas time, mm-hmm. holiday time, but then it gets to be very. So that idea of like, you know, <laughs> we need to see it. It's the holidays. So yeah. we'll blast whatever that was that they blasted. It yeah. was very amusing to me. That was very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk about the uh, the secular mm-hmm. because I feel like that is uh, so much of the, of the big cultural experience. Um, and I think it's undeniably tied to consumerism. Um the version of Santa Claus that we know it definitely has roots in myth and storytelling and tradition and all that, but it was totally codified by Coca-Cola selling mm. us sugar water. That's why the Santa we know <laughs> exists, mm. right? So how do you how do you feel about that? How do you parse that? And I mean, there's the um, tradition part of it, like going back to, to the Daytons, <laughs> mm-hmm. a Dayton in 1900 going... This, this, and this, but not anything religious. Mm-hmm. There's that part of it. And then there's just that undeniable part of it of it's a part of our economy that we buy things, mm-hmm. right? In that cap- the machinery of capitalism depends on these festive holiday times, you know? And sometimes, you know, there can be pushback and go, yeah, but it's not really about that. It's about family. And that's that's a nice thing to hold in your heart. And it might be true in your heart, mm-hmm. but the reality of our economy is it's th- th- we need this burst of capitalism, <laughs> To function. Yeah, yes. And, and definitely a lot of stores uh, depend on that rush to keep them afloat throughout the year. Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah. you can look at it from a, like a jaded like, oh, yeah, that's when the big corporation. But then like people are like, great, you you make cool ornaments and you have an Etsy store that you live on because your your ornaments are so cool and you need this. Yeah. Like there there's a kind of a bitter way to look at it. And then there's like, yeah, but there's people at every level of the economy who depend on this. Oh, absolutely. Um, so how do, how do you parse all that? <laughs> How's that for a not 
<laughs> Close-ended question. Yes. Does that work? <laughs> yes. No. I nope. Nope. I I, I cannot accept that one-word answer. Uh, let me Fair uh, let no. me zero in a little bit. How do you does it does that does the undeniable capitalism mm-hmm. of festive holiday times bother you, or are you able to go? Here's what it means to me on a on a personal level, on a on a family level, on a spiritual level, and then over here is the capitalism part of it. Yeah, I think I've had very much. I think I've I think I've had a journey with the response to this question over the years. Um, I think I have had times in my life where I felt very bothered by the capitalism and kind of just the expectation of needing to purchase something. I think I, when I was young, was very kind of struck by not sometimes realistic, sometimes not realistic, romantic ideals of the quote the past <laughs> yeah um and the idea of like well you really save up for a book because that's the only time a year you get to have a book and things like that which you know i was lucky enough to have that not be my experience growing up and um i mean i don't get me wrong i loved getting presents i also I, this is gonna sound like i'm saying it as a retort i also like with an absolute passion, especially as a kid, loved wrapping presents. Um, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah, I one year, uh, so I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, but I'm just going to throw this out there. I one year uh, took tissue paper and wove it into um, like multi-layered tissue paper with different colors coming through. And I was semi-young and I had given my dad a bottle of like aftershave or something and then it only fit that box and so like for the next three years i had to get him something in that box because that was what that i was like this is a masterpiece i'm keeping this <laughs> so you had to find a present for your father that fit into the elaborate box you had made yeah <laughs> i mean i awesome. gave him something else too maybe probably usually but yeah but i wanted to continue to use this thing yeah i um, once forgot to wrap something and then just put it in a pillowcase that I took back. Hey, you know, it all works. <laughs> it all works. Um, no, but I think I also, as especially as I've gotten older, um, have really come to enjoy the, uh, not enjoy, um, just come to be very on board with like, yep, this is the reality is I love bookstores. I want them to stay open. They need us all to buy books. You know, I love Etsy stores. I want, you know, people to be able to do the things that they want and make a living at it and so um so all of that i am more, much more on board with like yep this is part of how our society works now yeah um and i love things like f- finding cool star wars things to give people so it's not like i'm just like no i will only give people things that i have made or that i bought from etsy <laughs> but like no i am happy to go to target and buy a star wars thing yes you are and that's swell yeah yeah so that makes sense to, about finding the joy in presence, and we'll definitely talk about presence. Yeah. So I guess for me, the the capitalism portion of it has been um, has been a journey, and I think for me, to, it's surprise, surprise, it's all about nuance, um, or more specifically, it's all about balance. Yeah. Um, because to me, from my own experience and enjoyment, it's part of it. I'm happy to be part of the the machine that keeps businesses running and keeps people having gifts and keeps the post office sending packages and you know all of that but i think for me i also it's also important to me for myself that the buying things part of it doesn't overpower the other parts of it yeah no that makes that makes perfect sense to me i think for me i've just sort of processed this uh, strange dance uh, between the capitalism of it and the 
nostalgia of it. Like Christmas is just one of those. Obviously, it's got uh, and it's got roots in all sorts of traditions and borrowed from lots of things and blah blah blah. Uh, but as we know it today, a lot of it was sort of fabricated of a nostalgia for a Christmas that never actually was, which, mm-hmm. you know, starts with uh, Dickens and, you know, uh, other English writers. And then uh, Coca-Cola really doubles down on that. That That's like the, ah, relaxing, have a Coke, get back to the, the you know, the family fireplace. And, they, the, and then, you know, Tin Pan Alley super doubles down on that in the uh, 30s, 40s, 50s with the all of the classic Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. that were written in a modern time with marketing mm-hmm. to talk about Christmas of yore, you know, and all the all of the building up of Christmas is this longing for this past that is all about the light in the darkness and, you know, finding joy and comfort in family. And so there's like, I think when I was younger, I was like, it's all a sham. <laughs> like, like Christmas invented nostalgia and built this myth around it of, of a time that never was Mm -hmm. uh but then there's that i like that we as humans can kind of build something out of nothing Mm. and now that like an actual coke ad is you know almost 100 years old and you know your dayton story is a century old Mm -hmm. the frank sinatra albums that i like to listen to are you know 60 years old 70 years old in a way, like, well, now it's now the thing that was sort of fabricated is true. Like, we do have a nostalgia for a time that was past, <laughs> an idea mm-hmm. of Christmas that is past, because it's like this myth that we told ourselves enough that it now it is partially true. Mm-hmm. That we have we ha- have this communal idea that the festive holiday times should have a warm feeling of nostalgia and comfort, and I think as long as you're honest with yourself about that this is kind of a that that secular capitalist side of it is a myth we told ourselves mm-hmm. to give ourselves comfort there's nothing wrong with going like hey it, it, yeah it might have started to sell people things but we all need that we all want to feel that warmth and that comfort mm-hmm. and as long as we're honest about it there's nothing wrong with it mm-hmm. uh do you have feelings about that i I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting because I feel like there was, I might be wrong, um, but I feel like there is some kernel of truth that goes back even farther that was being built on. Um, Even, you know, that kind of when writers are writing the songs in the 30s, but it was like, okay, they're taking from certain traditions and some of the non-secular things that were around before that, obviously. Um, And yeah, so I just, I think, I think it is interesting how we keep looking to like, what was the past before us and how far back do we make that be and, um, and take the, the commercialization of that. But ultimately it's about kind of wanting that feeling of, of peace. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think for me, so, yeah, I mean, I think I'm trying to keep it short because I don't I'm trying not to do an essay on what is true about the holidays or not. But mm-hmm. I think in general, uh, the old fashioned Christmas, the more you try to run it down and I have done it for shows, mm-hmm. you get to a point of like, 
at some point it's it's the, it, the, all of these things weren't together they weren't codified it, it, it the idea of an old-fashioned christmas was invented and then it became an actual old-fashioned christmas right oh absolutely no you you worked on christmas day that was what you i mean seriously yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah. yeah so i and i'm not talking specifically about that i guess i just mean kind of the the feeling of christmas being a time to celebrate nostalgia whether that's a fake nostalgia in the 1930s looking at what they think the 1880s was or the 1830s was or yeah you know what we're looking at now and and i i do take your point to that now it is some of the nostalgia is real and some of the nostalgia is commercialized yeah i guess what i i guess what i'm getting to is i i think i come to this belief for myself in lots of different ways that just because something is obviously fabricated to sell something that does not mean there isn't sincere magic in it Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think that goes to like my love of of action figures and, you know, they are pieces of molded plastic for, you know, one of the richest corporations on the planet to make more money at this point when they're owned by Disney. Um, But they are still little symbols of ideas that are close to me and bring bring me joy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, for me, the festive holiday seasons, the capitalist side of it is just that times a thousand, Mm -hmm. like going to see fake snow you know, artificially blasted out of a theater marquee in an outdoor mall in Los Angeles when it was, I think that day it was like 60 degrees out or whatever, mm-hmm. is there, there's, there could not be anything more fabricated about that. It could not possibly <laughs> be more fake, but it gave me joy and it made me feel this warmth and this nostalgia that I think in a big cultural secular picture we want yeah. out of the holiday. So I, I could get those sincere it felt like an old-fashioned Christmas at home to watch the most fabricated thing you could imagine, fake snow blasted out of a theater marquee when it's 60 degrees out. Yeah, no, I I'm, I absolutely agree about the, the nostalgia, <laughs> excuse me, the nostalgia and the power of that. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, so we're going to move on to some other thoughts then. We're just going to want to talk about some fun stuff, some favorite stuffs sure. of the festive holiday times. Do you have like a favorite holiday movie or special? And if so, why? Mm. Um, I mean, I I like classics. I'm a big fan of White Christmas. All right. Well, let's talk about it a little bit. What, yeah. What draws you to White Christmas? Many things, including uh, singing, dancing. Because <laughs> that's a part uh, of your, that feels like old fashioned uh, holidays to you because that's what you did. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I also spent many, many years um, singing in church choirs. And so, you know, I was at, you know, it was always full of um, church Christmas music, which there's a lot of, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's very fun to sing. And so, um, you know, kind of having all of that, but also it's a fun story of trying to bring joy to somebody who maybe isn't in the most joyful period of their lives mm-hmm. it's about trying to make capitalism work <laughs> well, right because I mean, it honestly, is it's trying to make the end profitable yeah because there's no snow yeah and so like they they want it to they need they need commercialism to work um and so i i feel like it's a great blending of all of of a lot of different traditions yeah so i'll start with that one yeah and i like that it starts with uh, i think uh true light in the darkness right it starts with a uh the the singing white christmas in, in the actual war right yeah yep right so mm-hmm. they, they establish in the narrative all of these things that i think the holiday times are about of you know clinging to to hope and light in difficult times 
And then it literally is nostalgia because it's like we got to help our old, it's the general, right? Yep. So there is literally like past and nostalgia that they're building on. So it really does build those blocks quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else comes to mind? Um, In terms of um, favorite movies? Well, yeah. So or... either movies or, you know, there's so many things that we share, I think, culturally in terms of like television specials, right? Like uh, Grinch or, you know, oh, you yeah. any of the Peanuts specials or any of that kind of stuff. Or Yeah. For me, the other big one is the um, the Rudolph. The, oh, yeah. The um, Rankin the Bass. The Rankin Bass with the Rudolph and the um, the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> I believe Hermie. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's also was uh, a longtime favorite. Still a, still a favorite. Yeah. Always a favorite. Yeah. And that that's fascinating to me, too, because like that is, again, something that was just it was made at the time that it was made, but it naturally takes on this sense of nostalgia, because even by the time I would have seen it on television, it was already old mm-hmm. and it's a tradition. Right. And that that then it just accrues all this meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that, Yeah, that's great. Um I think for myself, one of my favorite things that we've only watched it twice, but I'm really uh, happy to start making it a holiday tradition. This incredibly weird thing uh, called a uh, Frankenbing's uh, Christmas sing or holiday sing. I can't remember what. I had an album of it and I just didn't know what it was because it was one of those like kind of off brand albums. Like, you know, I was a real album hunter uh, back in the day. And, you know, sometimes you'll see like, ah, yes, this is absolutely this was made by one of the major labels. It's clearly and then it's, you know, basically kind of like some bootleg LP like, well, what who made this? What is this? Was this even legal? I don't know. It's just in a dusty bin now. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what it was. And then I found out, oh, it's an old actual television special. And we now have found and watched the special. And to me, it is just it, it is captures a lot of these things that I've been going on about of the first uh, chunk of it is them singing what then were like modern songs that were about old fashioned Christmas, but then they do actually do uh, some more traditional, uh, you know, hymns and, and religious songs. Uh, but it also just has that, that um, thing, that sort of variety show thing where it's for inexplicable reasons, it's written that Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby are just having holiday dinner together alone, you know, like two pop stars <laughs> do. And it's, it's, warm and comfy and everything about it is like uh you know uh meant to be warm and comfy like mm-hmm. the, one of the lines that is stuck in my head forever because i used to listen to the album around uh holiday times to go to sleep of uh frank offers bing uh, a drink and bing crosby says yeah a little toddy for the body be very nice <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's that mood and i think for me i like it on both a sincere level and that ironic level of Again, this is obvious fabrication. That's you know, it's not even like our modern kind of version of fabricated reality of like a reality television show where they try to get you invested. I mean, like they kind of wink and nod at the camera, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because the thing I think that's lost about that era of entertainment is the entertainers knew very well what they're doing, and mm-hmm. they had a little bit of sense of humor about it too. Of like, we're we're play acting like this is a normal thing that we would be best friends and of course before Bing goes to his family meal he stops by Frank Sinatra's swinging pad of course <laughs> to have a full meal and then you know of course we put on coats and jackets and uh, of course there's a Victorian street outside Frank Sinatra's swinging bachelor pad and of course we wander down and and people join us in traditional you know you know uh, hymns of course that's, yeah. this is all natural right <laughs> on one hand it's offering that if you want it yeah. but on the other hand they're they're winking to the camera and going we know that you know that 
we're recording this in July in Los Angeles. Yeah. We're all aware that there's artifice to this yeah. as well. And I and there I like that because it's just it, it's the comfort point between for me between somebody who really does like the sweet and the spiritual and the the warm of mm-hmm. the holidays versus let's have some fun with the truth of the fabrication. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I mean we've I've now watched it with you a few times as you mentioned, and I love that combination of you can, if you want to, just buy into the magic of it. Right. And I don't know how many adults would, and I don't know how many kids would watch this these days. But like, <laughs> Very few. But for kids at the time who did, there is enough kind of holiday magic to absolutely buy into. And then as you keep watching it, then you're like, oh, hey, wait, I see what's going on. And they're like, hey, wait, they see what's going on too. And then <laughs> it's just kind of a big fun, like it feels like you're stopping in at Frank's house as well to have a bite before whatever you were going on to doing next yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I really enjoy it that's a great example yeah and then when they actually do sing the songs you know sinatra in particular i'm a huge fan of sinatra because you know is anybody who is a fan of sinatra will go on about in many books he emotes he tells the story he doesn't just like hit the notes mm-hmm. he tells you the story and he makes you feel it so there's also that like true soulful art to it you know, so mm-hmm. it just it hits me on lots of different levels. Uh, also, a big fan of "It's a Wonderful Life." Yeah, because uh, I I I like I really like the light and the darkness, but I want some darkness to be there <laughs> <laughs> so I can appreciate the light. There's mm-hmm. plenty of darkness in "It's a Wonderful Life." Yes, there is. And I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. Uh, I hadn't seen it in forever. You and I watched the uh, original Miracle on 34th Street. Mm, yeah, and just what a wonderful, bizarre, weird film that is. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, holiday specials or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I can't let this go without mentioning The Nutcracker. Oh, please do. <laughs> um, we don't have a, a version that we've taken to watching, but I cannot make it through December. It doesn't feel like December to me if I haven't um, put on the complete disc of The Nutcracker at least once. and Usually more than once. You, I, like I said, at least. <laughs> and usually either uh, like... Doing things, but then everyone's wants just need to get up and dance or tell you what's going on. Uh, oh, this is the party scene. Oh, this is where they're doing this. Oh, this is what they're doing this. That's been a fun tradition for me to get to know the Nutcracker better through <laughs> you and to be able to say, like, I is this this is when Weird Uncle's coming, right? Drosselmeyer is Drosselmeyer here? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So that is um, absolutely a, a big um, musical thing for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I look forward to uh, starting Nutcracker season. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've watched Die Hard yeah. uh, in general, and we've watched it on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. for fun. Uh, obviously, that has become now a joke that is a joke of itself, the battle of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it obviously happens at Christmas. But I was curious if you had any other thoughts beyond a fun internet battle and the fact that it clearly does happen at Christmas. Is there anything about the film Die Hard on a plot level, on a theme level, that makes you go, yeah. That's a movie that captures something essential about the holidays to me. Um, I'm I'm going to go with, yeah, with a caveat. Because <laughs> why not? This is the caveat podcast. Um, that I don't, that it's been more than a year since we've watched it, which means I don't remember all the details. Because that's, that's just how my brain works. Um, I'm going to go with yes. Uh, because it's some, it, um, bear with me here. Mm-hmm. It's a person uh, who wants to do something nice for somebody they go through a lot of work to try to get the thing to happen there's a lot of um hardships 
thrown in their way. Uh-huh. I'd say walking on glass is a hardship. I would say so too. But in the end, they are able to bring some version of joy. They are able to be the light in the dark, which to me, the idea of wanting to bring joy to somebody is kind of the essence of uh, Christmas gifts. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it is boiling down what a Christmas present is and using that as its through line, as one of its thematic cores. I I fully agree with you. You you are giving me this fun face that uh, listeners can't see of like, I've gotten away with something. Oh, I'm just trying to make sure I haven't forgotten a major plot point. I don't think I have. I don't think yeah. you have. I don't think you have. Plus, you have the unexpected joy of the security guard. Security guard driver. The, the Well, there's the driver, uh, but there's the cop that McLean yes, befriends. Cop. Yes. Yeah. So then you have the unexpected joy, which is also, I think, for a lot of people, part of the holiday time season is that idea of doing something um, beneficial for a stranger. Yes. So then you also have that, like, accidental <laughs> gift, if yeah. we can call it that. That's maybe stretching it, but you have that accidental um positive relationship and kind of positive outcome for this person as well. I agree with you. I think there's something strong about that part of it where there is this nice holiday message of nobody is less than, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously you can you can tie that to the the, the the religious story of of Christmas of, you know, being turned away and, you know, being in a manger, all that stuff. Uh but I think this idea that we got we've gotten really used to the one rogue cop who does the blah blah blah. But when it first came out, that was a little bit more rare. Of like, this isn't a job for a cop. This is for a super spy like James Bond. What's this cop doing <laughs> doing this? And then he makes a buddy best friends over the radio with another guy who's just a dime a dozen cop cop. And that it, it, there's this nice sense of elevating them, and that mm-hmm. every everybody matters. And them, yeah, finding, you know. Making friends through this horror yeah. is really great. Yeah, and then the, I think you nailed it. I mean, the the big plot is he is trying to reconnect with his partner, and that mm-hmm. that just like really gets down to the root of I it, L.A. isn't his home, as he will remind you many times. But <laughs> the idea of the a warm and functional relationship with his wife being a metaphorical home, he is trying to you know really go uh, home for Christmas and have mm-hmm. that old fashioned Christmas you know, in his functional marriage. <laughs> yeah. If possible. And then there is literally a light in the darkness when, you know, there's a huge explosion at night. There we go. There you go. It's a right? practically it's practically a big holiday candle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's where I come down on that one. Yeah. And I think there is some stuff about it that does that you really can map to. And I I think there are eight hundred podcasts about this and plays and, you know, our friend Josh Carson does his uh Josh Carson does his uh, annual show. Like, I don't think this is anything, you know, groundbreaking that we're saying. <laughs> no. But it was really fun to kind of feel those things, think those things. And then when you try to watch Die Hard 2, which I don't think feels as festive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the magic is in the original. Sometimes the magic is in the original. Yes. Uh, let's talk about music. You've already talked about Nutcracker, mm-hmm. but in, that's such a big part of uh, the general festive season of just what we choose to listen to, but also in you know non-pandemic times when we're all running around. You're at your office. You're at any store. There's music, or there's just it's the holiday songs are being blasted everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have favorites of those songs? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have whys? <laughs> um, yeah, but so while you were saying this, uh, another idea came into my head about music and about Holiday Times music Great. that I would like to share. Please. I think it would be interesting if there were like a progression because I I like the Holiday Times. There's a lot of things I'm fine with having come out after Halloween. I love holiday music. I have a very hard time with it coming out before Thanksgiving. Okay. In like public places, like maybe some stores, but I kind of feel like, so I feel like what would be great is if we had a gradual transition. What we need is more November music. We need more Thanksgiving works for the United States because our Thanksgiving is in November. You know, it doesn't work as well in Canada because there's, I believe it's in October. So, you know, all of those things. But if we had like, a transition of what what's some traditional let's make new favorite let's make new traditions <laughs> um and i know our friend molly lewis talks about this a lot and that in fact has an album of thanksgiving music yeah we can just um, pause to do a real quick plug there's a musical that mm-hmm. called thanksgiving versus christmas that uh that i was in and, and directed the stage version of that molly made a great recording of uh Written by Josh Kagan, uh, and it's you can go check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, Thanksgiving so, versus Christmas, Molly Lewis, Google it. Exactly. So I'm not the first person to to say this, but I think Molly has a very good point. I think he does too. And I would like to see the um, introduction of more Thanksgiving, fall, early winter Christmas, uh, inter- early winter music. Okay, so what would it be though? Would it literally <laughs> be like? Would it be like a new Mariah Carey song about how great it is to eat a turkey? Like, would it be on the nose or would it be trying to capture something about what the spirit of Thanksgiving is? I think it could be a little bit of all of the above. I think there could be a like, what's the new, um, you know, uh, have a song competition. So we get new songs coming out, but also like, have some songs about the crinkling of the leaves under your feet in the ooh, fall and like yeah. ooh you smell the first you know fire from somebody's chimney in the air and are you a turkey or a tofurkey family <laughs> and like i feel like there's there's a lot of potential there for i want yeah things. i want a heartwarming song mm-hmm. performed by tony bennett and lady gaga mm-hmm. uh, called time to check your furnace love it, it it's just about getting your your house or your apartment or wherever mm-hmm. you live ready is a time. Yes, it is. <laughs> you're, yep. you're doing it. You're killing it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's a really good just personal line for you. Of Yeah. Yeah. Uh, having worked at a Kinko's over holiday season and we had whatever these corporate things were at the time of like long play tapes that were like uh, three hours or something. Mm-hmm. But for, you know, a solid six seven whatever it was at weeks it was i think we had two of them and then we just heard everything (laughs) again and again and i think that is that's some of our i think strange cultural relationship with them of the yeah we have our personal favorites that mean something to us and then like when are we as a culture subjected to music that we don't necessarily choose to hear but it is everywhere yeah yeah and i don't always like all of that music Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah. individual songs. I, I know that you that you need. Uh, it's not quite Christmas by. Uh, I don't know who Mannheim Steamroller. Uh, who? Honestly, I would love that. Because here you you asked a thing. You're about to ask. You wanted specifics. So I. <laughs> I'm right? a monster. Yes. <laughs> How dare you want specifics? So um, when when both my brother and I were still living at home. 
um, but probably kind of middle school, high school, um, we would, as a family, often listen to some of the early Mannheim Steamroller. Steamroller. <laughs> Mannheim Steamroller uh, Christmas albums, which then I totally forgot about until like, I don't know, two years ago, three years ago. I had recently discovered like, oh, wait, I can check out a bunch of albums on my tablet from the library. Um, and one of them was Mannheim Steamroller. I was like, I totally forgot about this album. And I put it on and it was like I was transported exactly to, you know, a cold day where in our house uh we lived in iowa at the time and like i was exactly there and it was christmas time Aww. and it was great it that's was fantastic nice. so that's that actually is a big nostalgia one for me is um any sort of Mannheim steamroller christmas but in terms of specific songs yeah i so i have such a hard time with this because there's i could go on and on and on and on for so long um <laughs> the nutcracker is a big one which yeah. uh the the entire suite let me just be clear not the abbreviated suite, the entire, <laughs> the entire <laughs> ballet. Um, I absolutely love a lot of the um, White Christmas, obviously. Yeah. Um, some of the kind of uh, early 20th century classics like I'll Be Home for Christmas. I like all of those. Um, I also, a lot of kind of the older, like the Holly and the Ivy is, okay. has always been a big favorite of mine. Um you know, kind of a lot of the Christmas carols that yeah. that you would sing going going door to door, <laughs> as we did. So <laughs> Fair uh, enough. I'll come up with more specifics. That's the beginning that was, of my list. That was very I, good. There you go. That was very good. Yeah, I think the entire Nutcracker Ballet and all of Mannheim Steamroller is very specific. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get someone in, through their entire holiday listening experience no problem. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, strangely... Uh, the Little Drummer Boy is not one that I need to hear on repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and maybe this is finally revealing too much podcast where I've talked for hours and hours. Uh, there are a couple of versions of it where you can it can just be like, oh, the, the, with that drumming is so repetitive and the song is, you know, not, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, melodically complex, right? So, mm-hmm. but when a singer pulls out the story, and like, there's a part of me that wants to laugh at it, but there's a part of me that's also moved by it. And that for me is a, a comedy fan. That is my sweet spot when it is almost so absurd. It is moving. Mm-hmm. There are versions of it that pull out. Like I desperately want to give a gift. I literally have nothing to give, but the objectively terrible gift of banging on a drum for an infant and and you know the the jokes are there the jokes are fun but there are versions of that song that bring out that like i don't have i don't have any good gifts i don't have any meter, mediocre gifts i have a terrible gift but my yeah. intent is so strong to share the intent this you know it's it's the thought that counts like little drummer boy is like weaponized it's the thought that counts <laughs> and i find that both uh funny and in the right song really moving yeah right version really moving yeah no that's great and i think i've had heard a lot of versions that did not bring out the story so i did not always have um great associations with it but then you have introduced me to some versions of it that absolutely bring out the story of it so it has given me a greater appreciation for it yay yay yeah. that's great yeah i love it can I say another thing about the Nutcracker? <laughs> I don't think I can stop you, nor do I want to. <laughs> I just feel like I kind of need to acknowledge this because um, 
You are the Nutcracker. <laughs> because in case there are any other dance fans out there listening, I don't want them to be yelling in their house. Um, because of the Nutcracker, much like Die Hard, <laughs> is set at Christmas. But most other countries do not have it as like they like there are a lot of places where if you put on the Nutcracker and said it called it Christmas music, they would think you're insane. Right. We have this tradition for all, all of these dance schools to put on the Nutcracker at Christmas. And if you're interested, there's an entire book called it, about it called Nutcracker Nation. There's been lots of research into it and, um, you know, talking about uh, commercialization and capitalism, capitalism. It's how a lot of places you know it's one of the things that brings in money so that you know some of these places can survive also like it's a huge industry you got to put on nutcracker or your theater will fold right so i just kind of also needed to acknowledge the connection between the nutcracker and die hard (laughs) i think you are very right too it's the same way that theaters have to show the james bond film on her majesty's secret service that happens during christmas time (laughs) every year where theaters collapse right if only they did (laughs) that is very great uh other song for me is i i like jingle bells like jazzy versions of it uh you know uh there's a great sinatra one there's a great ella fitzgerald one that's very jazzy there's something about that that's really like jingle bells is not trying to sell nostalgia and gather with your uh family around the fire it jingle bells sounds more like you know, it's obviously about Sinatra. It's obviously about Santa, <laughs> not Sinatra Claus, Santa Claus. It's obviously, you know, about Santa, but it's so just like, uh, it's the holiday times. Let's, uh, let's go out and buy things and have uh, snowball fights and <laughs> maybe some cocktails. Like, it's got that energy to it mm-hmm. of the party of the holidays. Yeah. 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 And I like songs that capture that, too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. There's so, so many more. I'm just going to be turning to you for the rest of the holiday times, just so you know. I mean, like, but also this song. Yeah, well, tell me. Both the Ella version and this version. I don't have any other specifics right now. I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> this is part of what I'm, I'm giving an insight into the rest of our holiday times. I like holiday mysteries. <laughs> it's nice to know that you have many more favorite songs, but you don't want to tell me what they are right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't have good examples right now. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk about presents. You talked about your elaborate wrapping, which is amazing. But what were your traditions uh as a kid, and what kind of, what are your your best present memories as a child? Mm, mm. Well, um, first, apologies to my parents who will probably listen, and I probably forget some of my favorite presents. So, start with that caveat. Uh, so, when we were, so we are a, when I was growing up, we are a family of a wrapping paper savers. Okay. Which I feel like is important to the story, and so for both my brother and I, when we were really little, the we would know which was our favorite paper and that was usually like where that that was going to be the most special gift yeah you know like oh so you went to a special paper you knew yeah like that was your that was the whether it's like the big present or the one that was something like you know maybe that's when my brother got it you know like a star wars like maybe it would be in that something like that like that was this won't surprise you. I believe I had two favorite papers <laughs> that kind of rotated back and forth. Uh, but my brother had one. He's very good at decisions. Um, so uh, did, anyway. this, wait, did this happen organically or yeah. were, was it? Okay. When, the way you said your brother was good at decisions, it made me think that was there a moment where you're like, pick your paper. It happened organically, but I think both m- my mom and I 
were like, wait, which one's Sarah's favorite paper? Is it this one or this one? <laughs> and I think depending on the year, it was a different one. Okay. But he always that had, tracks. It, right? I was going to say, you're very surprised, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it was entirely organic. Um, and obviously, as we got older, the paper got more fragile. And so that it would appear, but just kind of as more of like, it's part of the nostalgia at that right. point. And as then a, sincere part of it. nostalgia. Yeah, Actual absolutely. Actual created nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, gosh. So one year, Santa Claus gave me a, a little like um, bookshelf that you would put on top of a table, okay. which we have here, filled with books. Oh. And I was so excited. That was amazing. So that is certainly one of the top presents. Um, and a very sweet series of presents is for a few years, uh, my dad would give me different interesting flowers. Oh, wow. Like a wooden flower one year and then the next year like a flower in, that was in water, but it wasn't really water and it was silk. Um, so things like that. Certainly some stuffed animals have come <laughs> into my life uh, in the form of Christmas presents uh, that have stayed in my life since then. Okay. Um, how's that for a start? Good, good. So you said some things that made me want to ask some follow-up questions. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so you, as a kid, you sincerely wanted a mixture, it sounded like. We were brought joy by a mixture of things that were toys that you knew you might want to things that were just aesthetically beautiful, like a flower of different kinds, to mm -hmm. presents that were discoveries of like you didn't know you wanted that, but then you were happy when you got it. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, and the flowers were, I was, I mean, that wasn't when I was two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was old enough to understand it and kind of have that be like just a really sweet thing that, um, but also kind of an interesting thing. But I, um, but yeah, absolutely discoveries. I think I had asked for books, um, but then what books was the fun discovery? Yeah. Um, I did one year very emphatically tell Mrs. Claus at the library that I wanted a kangaroo. <laughs> And what did Mrs. Claus have to say about that? Uh, well, that Australia was a long way away and didn't I think a stuffed kangaroo would be lovely? And I said, no, I want a real kangaroo. <laughs> and and was, you were 16 or? <laughs> well, sweetie, this was last year. <laughs> <laughs> you saw Mrs. Claus at the library and you didn't tell me? <laughs> no. So I got to also ask, was this like a you go sit uh, or visit Mrs. Claus the same way you do Santa? Or is it just... Yeah. This was somebody playing Mrs. Claus. It wasn't just a librarian <laughs> that you thought was Mrs. Claus. <laughs> the librarian's name was Mrs. Claus. <laughs> well, what a hard life. Right? No, this was a Mrs. Claus at the library that you go. Okay. Just like you would visit Santa, you go visit Mrs. Claus. Nice. Yeah. And I was very emphatic that I needed a real kangaroo. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and then did you just let it go? Or were, was there a disappointment on Christmas morning when they... Large kangaroo did not kick your door down. <laughs> well, I did get a stuffed kangaroo, Aww. so um, I accepted that perhaps Minnesota weather was not the right weather for a real kangaroo. Yeah, and I maybe wasn't quite old enough for the responsibility of taking care of a kangaroo. <laughs> I was, I was not, not sixteen. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. Yeah. I would struggle with a kangaroo right now. I'll just be honest. Yeah. I don't think I'm mature enough yet to have a kangaroo. <laughs> In our small apartment in Los Angeles right. during the pandemic. We I don't would, think it could take care of a kangaroo. We would always think there was an earthquake. <laughs> earthquake. Yeah, we would have to uh, tweet constantly. Earthquake or kangaroo? <laughs> right. Everybody knows, right? Everybody's got a kangaroo. 
yeah, I think. How about uh, you? Yeah, for me, I think it was. Um, there were. Uh, I, I was certainly lucky to be able to get like some toys, but there are a lot of toys that I coveted that other kids had. That I mean, my parents, you know, my my uh, dad worked very very hard, and, uh, and but we didn't have a ton of money, um, and uh, and my grandma had a little bit more money. Uh, so, especially when I was very young. The holidays were a time where something that I would just dreamt about might actually materialize. Mm-hmm. And like I, I've written, you know, bits about this, but it is true of like so wanted the Death Star uh, toy. And that in at one point uh, I was told even your parents, grandma and Santa put together cannot afford the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> I was let down uh, gently. So I think because of that, the presents that jumped to my mind are th- are times where, um, like, I got lots of nice, you know, individual things over the years, very uh, great stuff. But times where I got something that, like, the magic of Christmas delivered this to me because my parents saved up or my grandma's like, what is the thing that, you know, there's no other way but I can do it for mm-hmm. me, like castle gray skull you know my brother and i both got the he-man place at castle gray skull uh mm-hmm. in the mid 80s when the i think the price of star wars toys was coming down because the popularity was was fading uh, i got the uh, imperial shuttle the tidarium and so mm-hmm. like the there was like oh wow this is not this is not possible outside of this magic time kind of presence and then even as i got into a to be a teenager and had different uh interests like uh you know there was one year year i mostly got cash so i could buy symbols for my drum set that i didn't have you know Mm -hmm. and that that was very little drummer boy christmas (laughs) (laughs) i just want symbols to make lots of noise uh so yeah those kind of presents yeah those are wonderful ones that stick in my mind Mm -hmm. Uh, let's talk about presents as adults yeah uh, that what are your just general feelings about adult presents you know what i mean (laughs) i do know what you mean um, I, I think they're fun. <laughs> um, so here's, I, here's, I, re, I think it's, I do, I enjoy it. I'm going to blather without actually completing a sentence. I, I do enjoy, I enjoy giving you presents. I enjoy getting presents. I enjoy, I think in some ways, at least this has been my experience as, as an adult, at least with. Like with my parents. Yeah. Um, that the pressure is off. And so some years I'll find them something that I think they'll really like. And other years I'll find them something that's just kind of weird and strange, but I think to their sense of humor. And it's all okay. Yeah. And I kind of like, like we've all as adults in our family kind of decided like, yep, we're going to try. We all really like the concept of coming up with the right thing for a a person and if you know like if there's something that like we really needed then you know like i my parents would be thrilled to you know like, <laughs> give money toward the me- metaphorical symbols yeah uh, we do not need symbols we do just not. gonna say that <laughs> um so i think that there's but there's also like the pressure is off a little bit as well of it can be fun it can be really 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 fun to find the right thing to give to somebody or to have somebody find to give to you but also there's not the same pressure on it that i feel like there is when that kids understandably put on it yeah i think that maybe that's yeah because i think for for uh 
kids who had my experience and I know there's a million different experiences out there of the like this is the magic time where the dream could come true mm-hmm. right uh, there is that mystery in that sense of possibility in the wrapping like the wrapping itself can be beautiful and you can have your favorite wrapping and you, you can have a beautifully wrapped thing or you can have a sort of like beautifully atrociously wrapped thing uh, th- there's all that gamut but that that just that image of a wrapped thing where you don't know what it is like that's that I think that gets a little bit into that even deeper like holiday we're in we're in the dark times but light is coming like it's it's the literally the present is in darkness you don't know what it is in there mm-hmm. but then you open it up and you're hoping for the oh of light right right and I think even as an adult just buying things for people uh wrapping them you and I exchanging presents I get to enjoy that without the younger you know I'll speak for myself more selfish I hope it's what I really want like that is gone for the most part mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just it, you, I get to enjoy just the magic of I thought about somebody and I tried to think of something they might like you know it's wrapped in mystery and they will mm-hmm. open it and they will discover and vice versa and I really really enjoy that yeah yeah and that's such a great point that you bring out about the wrapped presents um, and that mystery of what's in the box that's actually another one of my favorite things which sometimes I get frustrated if I don't get presents wrapped until too close to Christmas because I love seeing boxes under the tree. Yeah. Like that. And I, and what it is, I think is really, I don't think I really thought about it in this way, but I think you've hit it the nail on the head. It's about the mystery. It's about the potential, the possibility. And so having that, like that sense of the unknown, you know, under your tree or, you know, like I used to have one of those little, like, I think they're called like Swedish Christmas trees that are just little wooden dowels, but I would put it on my little coffee table in my apartment and put, you know, like a little pile of presents that were going to other people under there until I could deliver them. And it gave me so much joy to just have that, like that sense of magic. Yeah. Yeah. Of that I, unknown, the potential. The potential. And I think there is that. I think there is that, like, yes, it is a part of our industry. Yes, it is capitalism. Uh, but it is also just joy to just be like, I, I thought about you, about who you are. And I tried to get something that I thought would make you happy when, you know, you unwrap the mystery mm-hmm. and you find an answer you like maybe, or, mm-hmm. you know, or are introduced to something new. And that, I think that's great. Uh, do you mind if I share, uh, our tradition that we've had? <laughs> I do not. It would be really awkward if I said no, but I really don't care. <laughs> well, it would just be mystery, and that would be fine, too. Now, you and I have had the uh, tradition of going to a mall, setting it out a, getting out cash and saying, this is our limit, mm-hmm. and then going and getting things. And that that has for each other. Yeah, a and cash limit and a time limit. A cash limit and a time limit. Uh, and even sometimes uh, we have the fun, one of us sees the other and has to hide or dodge and uh, oh, and, and yeah. then confer afterwards, like, you know, uh, a month later, like, did you see me in Barnes and Noble? <laughs> <laughs> I was on the escalator and I had your present behind my back and I was trying to, I, I really like that tradition because it just, it, it caps it. And mm-hmm. it also, for me, it, it's so great at um, getting to that spirit of it is the thought that counts because oftentimes we really succeed for one another. And we put together like with only this amount of money, I got you four things and there are four things you really want mm-hmm. or, or didn't know you wanted. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, I got three things. I had 15 minutes left. I only had one store to go to and I had to get you something from this store <laughs> that can lead to discoveries or even be like, okay, weird. I wasn't expecting this, but you know, yeah. uh, and th- it, it gets it to be about the process of, uh, giving and receiving and not so much not entirely about what's in the box 
Yeah, like, is this the best possible gift? Yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. And that's, and exactly for that, like, I feel like it, it's, it makes it a game, but it also, but it also, I feel like boils it down to the essence of what it is. Like you were yeah. saying, like, it's about thinking about the person. Cause there's many times I've been like, okay, these are kind of my thoughts and I'll probably check these places and that'll be good. And then I'll go to the first three stores and none, they don't have any of my ideas. And I'm like, okay, I, that was an hour. Now I only have an hour left. Like, what do I do? Or like, okay, that's great. But that's two thirds of my budget. And is that a present that's really worth two thirds of this? And then do I have time to backtrack if I change my mind? Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 And we're going to have to find an internet version of that. We are. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be really, really fun. Uh, I want to share quickly uh, my uh, holiday shame that became holiday glory because we did this one year, this exact thing. Mm hmm. And uh, I think I was just having a hard time and I wanted that childlike feeling. It's like I, want, I wanted a toy. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it, and I've had a, a thing where I like the holidays t- to be a, a time to celebrate, you know, pop culture for me. And, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, that's just the way I was raised. That was that was the exciting thing. I didn't get, you know, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh and then I've had times in, in life where it's like, all right, either people have literally said to me or culture has said to me, buckle down and accept, accept some socks. You're an adult. <laughs> like, and like, that feels to me like on one hand, like, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Be an adult. On the other hand, that argument kind of feels like you're an adult. Don't expect joy. <laughs> Don't expect surprise. Take your socks and like them. It's like, uh, <laughs> uh, in long story short, I opened this box and it was a sweater. And I was like, uh, I was wrestling with the clothing of it. And I had just a split second, a split second of, ah, and then I pulled it out and it was the most perfect sweater ever. I put it on that day. We went to the, the movie theater. We took photos with it. It's my favorite sweater in the world. <laughs> and I always remember my brief second of like, I thought this was going to be an action figure. No, it is a wonderful article of clothing. One of my favorite articles of clothing I've ever received. And uh, yeah, it, that was a very good holiday lesson. Yay. Maybe somebody should write a song about that. There we go. Yeah. I like that. Uh, should I be ashamed that I shared that not at all i feel like that's a very honest and i feel like there is kind of always that honest um i feel like it's a very honest story and i feel like there is often that like oh especially you kind of have an idea of like oh i thought this was gonna be oh this is a different thing from what i thought yeah and i think this is good yeah. yeah no i don't i feel like that's a very i feel like that's a very wise adult lesson yeah, and I, I think if there's anybody out there who's like, damn, socks, those are my go-to gift, that's great. Oh, I yeah. Think th- but I, I, I do push back on the, like, grow up, except there's not joy. Take the damn socks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, I, what what are the holidays for then? Right. And you have given me socks, and I'm a sock person, and yeah. I've absolutely loved them. So. I love sock shopping for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I would be happy to receive some socks. I'm just putting that out there to you. Okay. Not to anybody listening to the podcast. Right. Don't send me socks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk briefly about food and alcohol. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not alcohol. Yeah. Do you have a favorite food that is for you within this whole time? Like when you think of general festive comforting food? Um, yes, I have 
multiple, <laughs> but I'm going to start with the one uh, that you will know. So this is holiday times food, which is, um, you know, we're kind of lumping a bunch of times together. Yeah. Uh, Bolognese toast. Oh, yeah. Is to me, uh, this has become my like, this is holiday times. They're so. Swedish detectives, right? they move into our apartment they're uh you know (laughs) anyway uh, they live under the tree (laughs) so um bowler are a norwegian norwegian excuse me they're norwegian detective oh no we're one of my other favorite foods that's coming up is swedish it's okay okay. um Yetos is both Norwegian and, and Swedish. Okay. Uh, so so Bowler, just in case people are not familiar with Bowler and Yetos, uh, either the detectives or the food, uh, Bowler are a Norwegian bun that's just a little bit sweet. Um, it's, it's a yeasted bun and... Sweet yeasted bun. Yeah, it's got cardamom in it. So it's very oh, much yeah. that like winter um, kind of Nordic baking uh, taste. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things have cardamom in them. And we had... Um, some Norwegian relatives that stayed with, that visited somewhere near the holiday times, not right at Christmas, which is why it's kind of a, and they made bowler or brought bowler or something. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I was like, I want to make things. And uh, I started making bowler and it's just kind of become a holiday, holiday times tradition for me that sometime in December, I make a big bowl of bowler and really prefer to eat it with yetos, which is the the brown goat cheese. And um, I think I've gotten you. Uh, in on this tradition to being part of our tradition as well now, I'm right? I'm all in on bowler and toast, yes. Yeah, so, sorry, that was a long explanation. No. But, um, so that's a, a favorite one. Another one that I haven't made as often, um, but one of the, my favorite holiday time things, which we have not talked about, is St. Lucia Day. Oh, right. And that is December 13th. And uh, St. Saint Lu- Saint Lucia is a, um, was Sicilian. <laughs> And, you know, there's lots of stories. You can look it up. It's all online. Oh, and there's lots of books about it. We're not going to get into all of it. But anyway, she um, is, uh, St. Lucia Day is celebrated in Sweden. And I went to a Swedish college. I had a Swedish grandmother. Um, Like, I was very, like, yes, I will celebrate all things Nordic. And I loved this idea of um, the girls in the house going and waking everybody up in the morning with candles on their heads. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and I would I had my own like u- unique ways of celebrating this when I still lived with my parents. Uh, sometimes it would be things like playing holiday music at like six a.m. on Christmas Eve morning because I was like, <laughs> well, I'm gonna make every wake everyone up, but I know better than to put candles on my head. Uh, so I would just like make music or things because the idea is they would go around and bring um, rolls and things to people while singing. Okay. And um, you know I went to a Swedish college and so we had a Saint Lucia. And everything like right whole shebang. Anyway, there's a specific um, roll, lusicotter. Okay, so I have made lusicotter a few times. It's ma- it's a saffron roll. Uh, it's a little bit more complicated, so I don't make it every year. Yeah. So those are my like holiday times, um, and then mashed potatoes. Uh, that's great. Mine's meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's partially just the like that you make your own tradition. I know people eat meatballs. I've never been a huge fan of turkey. You and I have been getting a, a tofurkey that uh, my father invented. It, it, not invented. He he uh, makes his orange glaze for that that he's given us the recipe. So there's that little bit of tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, like 
already. Like I have nostalgia from, you know, this only started five years ago, but I have nostalgia for Tofurky with orange glaze. So there's mm-hmm. that. But uh, I have sometime, uh, probably early teens. Uh, I don't know why one year my dad was just like, also barbecue meatballs, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, <laughs> just a truly obscene amount of uh, barbecue meatballs. And I just, I like them very much. I like the weirdness of it. Mm-hmm. So barbecue meatballs. Mm-hmm. And we do often have um, vegetarian meatballs with barbecue sauce. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. It's mm-hmm. great. Yes. Thank you for making that along with our uh, Bolognese toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, drinks. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite holiday drinks and are they alcoholic? Um, I like many holiday drinks. Some include alcohol and some do not. Um, and I also, so here's the thing. This will be a fun a fun mission for the next few years. I don't know that I have a favorite holiday drink. Okay. That's like screams holiday to me. Um, you know, holiday times, I I have a push pull over the years with hot cider. Okay. Like sometimes I really like it. I love the smell of it, but it yeah. can get too sweet. Um, similar with hot cocoa. Um, and then we've experimented the last few years with different holiday cocktails. Yes. And I feel like we found some that are good. But I have yet to find, to me, the perfect holiday cocktail. Yeah. Uh, we have one. I don't remember what's in it, but it's called Santa's Panic Attack. Mm, that yep. You let me name it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And then there's the um, malt wine we sometimes have. Mm, yep. And that's very, very uh, holiday to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think anything that feels a little, anything that's warm, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think you've experimented. I think Santa's Panic Attack. We put a candy cane in. Yeah. Well, and I think I I made a drink called Christmas with the Elves. Yes. I think that might be the one with the candy cane in it. Um, I've experimented a lot with like rosemary and things like that. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll find the right one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then also for me, whiskey, meatballs, and whiskey. I'm home. <laughs> There's a light in the darkness. Uh, this is my last question uh, for our main section here. So uh, a while back uh, for some friends shows, I, I wrote a story uh, called uh, Adult Santa. And it was about basically like a relaxed version of Santa who magically shows up and gives adults whatever they need to reconnect to any sense of joy or peace in the holidays mm-hmm. for for people who are really stressed, for people where the holidays have become like, not a break of like, great, I have a little bit of time off from work, but actually that thing is due the day after. And I've got to go to 17 different places. And I got to take you know, like people who who have lost any sense of that deep breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then adult Santa will do whatever it is that that they need and play a, a video game with them or rub their feet or <laughs> in a non creepy way, uh, it, whatever they want. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the idea of this this idea of adult Santa for you. If you were to embrace that idea, what? What is it that you need this year? What is it that would give you peace? If Adult Santa hmm. was really like, I'm I'm totally magical. I know it's been a super hard year. <laughs> what can I give you? Yeah. I mean, big picture, there's a virus to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> that would help a lot of people. Yeah. So I feel like it's Christmas. I can't be selfish. That would be my first choice. Yeah. Um. But second, I feel like, honestly, you you wrote this story and it, it resonated a lot with me. When you wrote it, we were both having very frenetic 
holiday times. We had accidentally and built up, and I think that's part of the reason I wrote it, because we were putting on shows that we were producing, full shows, renting a theater, doing everything from acting, directing, costume, designing, marquee, shoveling and then you know we were really celebrating with all of our families uh, on both sides we were having Mm -hmm. multiple multiple events and and friend holidays and yeah Mm -hmm. it got to that point of like where's that thing I remember from a child where this was a break of any kind yeah yeah and so I think so it it so resonated that I feel like ever since then it's a thing that you and I have always tried to make sure to take a time to just uh celebrate yeah and I love that. And to me, honestly, it's it's become what I would want it to be, which is that moment of peace. It can be not even that late at night these days because it's dark early, you know, to turn off the lights, have the Christmas tree on, have a little bit of whiskey or something else if that's what you want, and just sit and kind of have a moment of peace with the light in the darkness. Yeah. Is, um, yeah. Yeah. That is definitely, uh, I have to basically just agree with your, uh, your choices like obviously if adult santa <laughs> like the pandemic <laughs> yeah if adult santa had a lot of magic if he, if he could snap his fingers and and make the pandemic go away of course but if it was more that like holiday spirit of light in the darkness it would wouldn't that be great to just be like uh you know new year's eve into january 1st we everybody can get together and there's no risk uh, for that be great? you know yeah. 48 hours or whatever mm-hmm. like that would be amazing and then yeah just the way you and i have have made that like remember that's the point i do really cherish those times where we're like it, it it sometimes it happens organically but we choose to say let's turn off all of the lights let's pour whiskey or some other comforting fluid whatever that is mm-hmm. and just look at the lights and just breathe and just be it's almost like a kind of strange christmas meditation absolutely yeah 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 so uh we we encourage giving that a try <laughs> if you feel frenetic uh, we are going to move on to uh, making some noises. What noise would you make to sum up the uh, general festive time for yourself? Ching, 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 ching. Whoosh. <laughs> <sighs> was, that, uh, was that Santa getting home and sitting on the couch? It was some jingle bells because you're walking through the streets enjoying the um, the festive times of yore. Yeah. Back when there were horses and sleighs with bells. <laughs> and then it was the whoosh, which could be both the snow and also the dancers and the nutcracker and also the presents appearing under the tree. And then it's the moment of calm. So okay. you get a nice sigh, a nice deep breath. Nice. Nice. That, I, that captures everything. And when you did it, I just pictured <laughs> Santa barking on the roof, going in and just collapsing on the couch. uh how would you rate your obsession level with the festive times uh on a scale of one to ten one being the lowest ten being the highest i would say during the festive times uh it's varied a lot from year to year uh i was already feeling pretty excited for the festive times this year and this podcast has just made me more so so i'm gonna go ahead and say for this year i predict i shall be a 10 out of 10 yay yeah and then the rest of the year I'm kind of a 0. 0.5. <laughs> yeah, no, I have. Like, um, I don't think about it the rest of the year. Yeah, I know friends who like love it and, and want to like try. How can we have uh, holiday times all year round kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it this year. I would say I'm a solid nine. I think I'm looking forward to it for myself. Uh, and I'm just looking forward to it. Honestly, I know there are many challenges on social media and we're scared about how much the virus might pass if, if people get together a lot and aren't yeah. safe and, and it's it's a very dangerous frightening time 
but also I think from a lot of the people, the community that I have, you know, created through social media of people having a little bit of like, let's get through this together, mm-hmm. which is going to harken back to me of those deep roots of, of why this time of year, forgetting any particular tradition, that we are going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. And, and after this holiday season, we're still going to be going through it for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. How can we find joy in this difficult time? This, this seems to me like, you know, I, there are holiday songs that, see, that say this, but we need the festive times this year. Absolutely. And even when we're apart, we can still be part of a community. Exactly. That is great. Uh, let's move on to the plug-in section and then we'll do our final question. So yeah. where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Scrim Street. Yeah. And they'll see some festive drinks eventually. Eventually. Yeah. And some festive trees. Definitely. And maybe some festive nuance. All trees are festive. All trees are festive. <laughs> you are right and I apologize. <laughs> Uh, here are quick plugs for the show, and then we shall move on to those final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff like that, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. We want to be very aware of the challenges in the world. Uh, and our whole episode last week was about staying political, so I'm staying political. Uh, I think it's very important to win those Senate races in Georgia, that runoff election coming in January 5th. If you want to, you can go to fairfight.com. Fairfight is the organization to fight voter suppression and turn out the vote uh, that is started by Stacey Abrams. You can go to fairfight.com and you can give a donation that goes to Fairfight uh, to continue fighting voter suppression and to the two uh, Democratic candidates for Senate, all in one fast, easy click. And uh, other thing is, if you are interested in that adult Santa story and some of the other uh, holiday writing I've done, I put out a little album a couple of years back, a little EP called A Very Holiday Thing. That's all uh, fun uh, holiday type comedy stories and jokes. You can find that at josephscrimshaw.bandcamp.com. I can talk. josephscrimshaw.bandcamp.com. All right. You ready for the final questions? I am. If you could fly in Santa's sleigh, where would you ask him to take you? Ha 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 ha. So fun. All the way around the world. <laughs> Sorry, it's, just, it is, uh, it's a very good, straightforward answer. <laughs> oh, is there a destination that I'm supposed to No, pick? I just, I, I, in my mind, I thought that you would go, Ooh, I'm, oh, maybe Edinburgh, maybe Paris. And I, I'm just delighted that you're like, screw it. I want to go all the way around the world. I, I want mean, to see it all. Right? From the sleigh and just be like, oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> How fun. Yeah. That, that sounds great. Uh, I cannot disagree with that. If a holiday ornament came to life in our house, which one of our ornaments that we actually own would you want to come to life? Ooh. Um, wow. Wow. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to remember all of our ornaments. <laughs> There's some that I don't want to have come to life. Like? Uh no offense, but the squirrels. <laughs> we we have a few squirrel a few ornaments. They're squirrels. wonderful. I just feel like a squirrel in our apartment would be difficult. Oh, it's not going to get along with a kangaroo. <laughs> so true. So true. My first thought, we also have some um, ornaments that are snowflakes. And I was going to make a snowflake. <laughs> but that seems like an easy out. But I'll go with that. A snowflake. 
Fair enough. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. We have a tiny Captain America, and I feel he could he could come <laughs> to life and help us out. Final question for everyone on the podcast is always, what is happiness? Happiness, sticking with the theme of the podcast, is finding your own version of peace, your own version of light in the dark, not just during holiday times, but all the year round. That is a great answer. Thank you very much. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Another thing that people love in the general festive time is bizarre holiday sweaters. (laughs) How would you feel if I started wearing bizarre holiday sweaters? I would love it. Okay. Any requests? Um, yeah. Uh, something with, um, fencing gingerbread people.